Life is busy. Disciple making is slow, but we can find rest and hope in Jesus. Welcome to 419 Moment of Encouragement, created to bring you short messages, scriptures, testimonies, and prayers to keep us focused on the kingdom of God and His promises. Hello and welcome to this episode of A Moment of Encouragement. My name is Beth Laurie and I'm your guide. Did you know that European settlers came to Africa and spent time trying to tame zebras to do the work like horses? Think about it. Zebras have the same build and characteristics as horses, just different colors. The settlers soon realized that zebras were very nervous animals. That's because they were attacked in Africa by lions, leopards, cheetahs, hyenas, and crocodiles. In the food chain with so many predators, zebras became anxious and always living in fear of being someone's dinner. So the settlers thought the zebras were more like mules or donkeys, a little bit harder to train. After more training, they finally abandoned their efforts because zebras would panic and run off, causing more work for them than any form of help. Clearly, zebras are not like horses or mules. In other areas of the world, like North America, horses have some predators, like wolves, mountain lions, bears, alligators, but many of these animals prefer easier or smaller game in the woods and mountains, so horses were not attacked as often. Humans have domesticated horses in many areas of the world for milk and meat, but primarily for the value of their labor, later on for sport. Horses are beautiful and powerful animals that can run very fast. With some training, horses are helpful animals for transport and hauling. This is where we get the term horsepower. Horses do spook, as I learned as a young child when I was thrown off a horse and into a barbed wire fence. But horses on average are less anxious and easy to domesticate for leisure, sport, and labor. This made me ponder. I wonder if zebras are not able to live the life they fully live because of their fear. If you're constantly under attack, you start to live with chronic anxiety. It drives your thoughts. Now, I do not presume to know God's sovereign plan for zebras, but I do suspect in the Garden of Eden and on Noah's voyage, these animals were able to live in peace. God provided for them just like he does for us. But in our fallen world, with a circle of life necessary for survival, animals have a food chain, and someone must be at the bottom of the chain. Maybe, maybe zebras do not look anxious as they stoop to lap up some water at a pond, but their need for water makes them put themselves in danger. In fact, zebras have predators at every turn, and they do not have to be the fastest in the herd, but they are super vulnerable if they are the weakest or the slowest in the herd. As I kept pondering this, I thought, how many humans, like zebras, live in fear? They're worried, and fear becomes their motive for survival. 
People take jobs they hate and do work that's even unhonorable because they fear they will not have their needs met. They climb a corporate ladder, sacrificing their health, their family relationships, and their spiritual life to have a false sense of safety that money brings or an identity and a purpose that's not even truly who they are. Don't get me wrong, money can solve some of our problems, but research shows that in countries with abundance, they have the highest rate of suicide. Money, possessions, fame, power, and even education does not always bring peace. In fact, it might just bring someone into slavery to those things. Many of God's loving children are living with so much unacknowledged fear that they're not able to live in the true life that God had planned for them. Like zebras, they feel anxious with things in their life, and it leads them down a different path. They accommodate their life to the culture and the underlying current of fear. They develop a lifestyle that seems normal to them, but is totally driven by a bunch of lies. The enemy tempts them like he tempted Eve in the garden and Jesus in the wilderness. See, Satan's number one tactic is lies. He whispers lies about who we are, about who God is, and what God has said. Satan wants us to live in fear and in this false identity which he presents. He may even make it glamorous in magazines and on social media. But that glamour is not genuine, and it's always a moving target. It's not the life God planned for us. Sort of like the stripes of a zebra, they look beautiful, but under the black and white stripes is a bundle of fear. What does the enemy tell you today? Does he tell you you're not enough? Does he tell you that what you're offering is not good enough? Does he tell you that others think poorly of you? These lies drive us to anxiety, depression, and a false identity and chasing after the things of the world. Do you seek money, sex, power, acceptance, or approval? If so, you might be chasing after a life that does not bring you peace or joy or love. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and all else will be given to you. Seeking Jesus leads to eternal life in heaven and abundant life here and now. Seeking Jesus leads us to our true identity. It is the opposite of the culture, but that's exactly what Jesus did. And he's inviting us to do the same. I now look upon zebras with great compassion. They're at the bottom of the food chain at this time, but hopefully not one day. I look forward to seeing them live in peace and with purpose, whatever that is that God had planned for them originally. So my encouragement for you today, dear friends, is this. Do not live in the false identity and the fearful lies of the world. Seek Jesus with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. Be willing to give up 
what we have, even if it is a seven-digit non-ending career or the endless circles of people-pleasing for a life that is much more full of joy and love, more than you can imagine as you learn to live like Jesus. I know many who've chosen this path, and they never regretted it. It may not look fancy, but like most things, it is true value, genuine, and good. Matthew 17, 13-14 says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many, many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. But one of the few that did find the road that leads to this life. Be one of them. It is a matter of choice to believe and follow Jesus over the lies of the world. May we journey on the narrow path together. Join us next time as we stay faithful and find joy in our journey with Jesus.